0: Money FM 89.3 Best of the Breakfast Huddle Mind your business on Money FM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting xero.com. Terms apply. Zero, beautiful business. Mind your business with the Breakfast Huddle only on Money FM 89.3. FM eighty-nine point three. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Banarti Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. For now, uh, it is time for mind your business. And this next guess shows that some of the best ideas happen when you're hungrier.
1: Mm, exactly. <laughs> a business born out of hunger. And I mean hunger in the literal sense, not in the figurative yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah. So they got hungry, working late nights, mm. and on a whim, they set up a snack subscription website called box Green. it's got easy accessible low-cost snacks such as pretzel trail mixes and vegetable chips kale i'm sure among them as well and to their surprise interest in their offering spread like
0: wildfire through their office believe it or not within a month many of hmm. their colleagues sign up and they even had a government agency reach out you know they were interested They've got no manufactured products of their own The business had to fulfil orders by purchasing and delivering healthy snacks Such as, you know, things like roasted nuts, gourmet chocolate bars All this from uh, NTUC, Fairprice and local vendors
1: So it seems like at that point, they were just the conduits, right? The intermediaries. But then they realized, hey, if people can go out and get these snacks, uh, why would they come to us? So they decided to produce their own healthy snacks. Now, to to tell us more about Box Green's journey, we're joined by one of its founders, Andrew Lim, co-founder of Box Green. Uh, It does create all those beautiful snacks that many of you would have tried as well. In fact, I just recalled that a few months ago, a friend of mine sent me a care pack and it had some of the box green Uh. snacks so andrew you're on a mission to make snacking easy fun most importantly nutritious but i'm also interested in how you started the business i understand that you pumped an initial capital of under forty thousand dollars to start box green at as a side hustle and this was way back in 2014. Tell us more about the inspiration behind this. I mean, we know that it was born out of hunger, but what were the circumstances then? Where were you working? How did it all come about and then culminate in this business today?
2: Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So, yeah, the business started when my co-founder Walter and myself, we were both working as management associates at at DBS Bank. So, of course, we, we faced the problem of snacking, right? working late, burning the midnight oil and all around us was just unhealthy stuff was like chocolates, chips, the usual stuff you find in the office. And we thought we definitely saw a need in the market and we thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a service that sent you healthy snacks? You don't have to you just sign up and forget about it and you uh, receive it. And then so the the business kind of evolved, you know, as as we got corporate clients and all that, we all decided to just, you know, quit our banking job to sell peanuts. And and, and you know the the business has, has evolved from then.
0: Yeah, I hope you're not making peanuts, though. Yeah,
1: I was just about to say that. Sell peanuts, sure, but premium peanuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit about the business model evolution. I mean, it's obviously seen quite a bit of it. I understand back in 2019, you guys even raised funds in a pre-Series A round. This was led by Octavia and Impact Investment. Uh, So now you're at the point where you're producing your own healthy snacks. A little bit more about all this
2: sure yeah you know as as uh, you know you guys mentioned earlier we we used to purchase from from supermarkets and then we decided hey yeah you know it's so easily found by everybody else and uh you know the margins just don't make sense because the supermarkets already take up so much margin and you're trying to sell it and still make a profit so definitely setting up our own manufacturing plant was an important component and then you know in in 2019 we had an opportunity to to actually set up a workshop in Changi Prison Complex so that's what we did. You know, we, we kind of raised uh, funds to, with an impact fund, uh, as you mentioned, to, to, set that, to set that up. Previously, you know, we always wanted our business to be, you know, a force for good. We wanted to have social impact, environmental impact, more than just kind of selling peanuts and making money. So um, previously, we used to do a one-for-one meal donation. So every time somebody bought a box from us, we would donate a, a meal equivalent to, to a local uh, soup kitchen uh, called Willing Hearts. But I think as as we progressed, you know, we wanted to have uh, we wanted to integrate this social impact a bit deeper into our business. So, you know, this opportunity to, to set up in Changi Prison, to work with ex-offenders, to to run training programs, to provide employment opportunities, was something that was, was natural for us to just get into. So, yeah, so within Operating in there since 2019, churning out the, <laughs> packing the snacks and, and, and working with, I think we've worked with almost about 100 inmates that have, have gone through our workshop and that have worked with us. So outside And to of, clarify, uh, you, do,
1: you do pay them a fair wage? Yeah, 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 of course, of course,
2: yeah. We, we, do, we do work with Yellow Ribbon to uh, engage them. Uh, beyond the, the workshop in, in, in Changi Prison Complex, you know, we also offer, we continue to offer employment opportunities in, in our warehouse, in our logistics space to, to anyone who's, who's been released. Really, you know, we, we truly believe in an open hiring policy where we don't ask questions. You know, as long as you come, you're willing to work, you're honest, uh, we'll be happy to, to take you on and work with you. Yeah.
1: You know, Andrew, with COVID-19, we've seen a great impact on businesses. Of course, it has been an unequal impact and quite different from business to business. In your case, I can already foresee there would have been maybe supply chain issues, so on and so forth. Tell us more about how the pandemic has affected you and has perhaps forced you to change certain things about your business.
2: Yeah, sure. So, before, before the, the pandemic, you know, a, a bulk of our revenue actually came from uh, corporate clients. So we were in, in, in pantries of MNCs of, of of tech companies. We had automated vending machines, cashless vending machines in these pantries. And we were doing a lot of like door gifts and, and corporate gifting. And of course, you know, with, with COVID-19, all of that business just dried up. You know, no one was in the office. No one was snacking was in the pantries. It was, it was a ghost town. So all that business pretty much died. But interestingly, you know, everything kind of moved to gifting and care packages. You know, as you mentioned, you receive a care package. And, you know, many businesses suddenly mm-hmm. pivoted to giving their employees, you know, boxes of snacks or giving them vouchers that they could redeem on our website. So suddenly the online platform became, you know, both the the B2C and B2B kind of channel. So that was a big change for us. And, and you know, we, we invested quite a bit into our website to make it user-friendly to make it work with all our systems behind the scenes. So that that was one big change. And of course, on the supply chain side of things, I think we are still experiencing it now. Uh, There's a lot of port congestion. There's a lot of delay in goods. I think many businesses also kind of feel that as well.
1: Actually, there is one question I wanted to ask you about sustainability because that's something you talk about a lot on your website. The problem, though, is from receiving a care package with your products in it, I do notice that you may have to consider addressing how to reduce the amount of material in your packaging. I know it's made out of recycled material, and they're 100% recyclable, but because they are snack-sized and you're using a certain amount of packaging to be wrapped around small amounts of food, it appears like a lot of packaging, because you also have to consider the manufacturing process and the carbon footprint of that process. Environmentalists generally say you should avoid individually wrapped snack-sized items, as single-serve items create a lot of unnecessary packaging. How are you reconciling all of this with your mission?
2: Yes, yeah, so certainly I think that question has, has come up quite a bit and we, we do also offer sort of bigger size packaging and I think it's also just trying to change the customer mindset about moving away from single-serve packaging to, to kind of a larger sort of sharing size packaging. So we do have that uh, in the market as well and I think we are looking into kind of shifting towards you know bigger bigger packaging so that's not just a one-time use sort of thing and of course you know there's there's a constantly we're constantly looking at you know new material that we can use instead of plastic you know plant-based plastics and things like that but you know of course the the science is still quite early and what what we find is that you end up you know when we talk about compostable plastics you end up with the plastic sort of degrading before you even start to use it especially in our climate so it, 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 is a, it is a tricky question, and I think we are constantly wrestling with it, um, and, and we do want to reduce the amount of packaging that we're using.
0: Yeah, I have that problem with my environmentally friendly sort of rubbish bags. They degrade and, well, it creates a mess. Uh, Andrew, before we, we start talking about zero, I, I just have a very quick question, and, and it's out of curiosity about your data. Are you seeing more orders for Box Green this week now that work from home is a default again? Is there a correlation between the amount of orders you get and the amount of times government restrictions kick in, you know, especially where working from home is concerned?
2: Yeah, no. yeah. It's interesting that you ask. We we do actually see that whenever suddenly the policy changes, suddenly there's a spike in in gifting or people buying snacks for themselves, you know, as they work at home. So yeah, we we do see that that correlation. People trying to stay let's healthy. Let's talk
1: <laughs> about healthy snacks as opposed to either no snacking or the kind of snacks I have, which are full of carbs <laughs> and sugars and salt, huh? very bad for health. Uh, let's talk about how you are using technology uh, to become digitally enabled to deal with the growth of your business. I understand that you do use Zero's ecosystem for this purpose. What exactly led you to it? What made you decide to leverage on
2: this? So, so previously, you know, we were using a mixture of, of online and offline systems and, and primarily using Excel to track a lot of things, which, which you know, when, as things grow, it becomes quite unsustainable. So we, we, we stumbled across Zero because it kind of talked to one of our other cloud systems, our inventory system. And we started using it and realized that it was very user friendly and and most importantly, it was it, it could connect with many of the other apps that we were using, whether it's the payment platform or inventory management platform or, or even sending us uh, you know data uh, on a regular basis without us having to manually extract it. Uh, and most importantly, it also synced with uh, the bank data. So you know, all our uh, we didn't have to manually go line by line to kind of reconcile each 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 transaction item. So for us, it was it was a no-brainer. You know, uh, if this software could do that and talk to all of our other software, why not use it? So that's why we we started using it.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: in terms of positive results, what do you think has been the, the biggest positive gain uh, since using Zero? Uh, I mean, orders can churn out faster, for example?
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, in general, it makes everybody's life easier from the sales team to, you know, the production team because everything is all integrated. So, uh, you know, as, as we set up a sales order, you know, through our customer management system, it talks to zero, zero generates an invoice and then the invoice is sent to the client, and in the invoice, there's a payment link where the client can just pay directly with a credit card. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's been fantastic for us. It's made our life easier. It has made you know collecting money easier as well <laughs> because there's just a link you click on it, and, and you know you you can use your personal card, or you use your corporate card to pay for it. you don't have to wait for finance to do a bank transfer and things like that. Yeah.
1: Mm, Always good if you can collect money more easily eh? than ever before. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a positive. Here's the thing. The companies that I've spoken to who have gone through some sort of digitalization or digital transformation always say that they grapple with getting their staff on board, that getting people to change the way they work and to start using systems that eventually do prove to be more efficient can be rather difficult at first. Tell us more about whether or not you had those problems, how you dealt with With them, and of course, how you plan to use this technology and the benefits that it has given you to take your business even further into the future.
2: Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, because we had the privilege of being a digitally born business, so everything started for us online or semi online. So that that switch for us wasn't too too difficult. I mean, there were points in time where we were working with like uh, older bookkeepers who who just didn't like the system at all. They preferred their own uh, offline system. So that that took a bit of getting used to. But I think in general, uh, the transition, you know, for us hasn't been hasn't been too difficult. Um, and I, and i think especially for zero it's very intuitive and and easy to use so even when we we have like finance interns who come and work with us and especially now you know where everybody is working from home it's easy to pick up you know you, you don't have to be you don't have to be sitting next to the person to teach them how to use it i think it's it's pretty intuitive so Yeah, I think with the adoption of all these digital systems and especially since the team is is scattered all over the place, working from home, working from the factory, it kind of just makes sure all the information that we are working on is is synced together. And I think that it has really helped, uh, you know, in this pandemic situation for us and I think into the future as well. All right, then
0: we've been speaking with Andrew Lim, co-founder of Box Green. Andrew, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and stay safe. Thank you. Mind Your Business on MoneyFM 89.3 is brought to you by Zero. Try Zero free for 30 days by visiting Xero.com. Terms apply.
2: Zero Beautiful business. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.